You are listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org. All right, we're still on this subject of plugging into grace. Uh, This morning, (coughs) sorry, again, as I said, I've got, I really have very seriously been praying for direction this morning because I've got so many things on my heart within this. Um, As always, we have new people here, so I'm just going to go over a couple things we've been talking about. We are, what, seven weeks or so into this series and so you can pick those up. You can go to our website. You can listen to the, uh, the, the foundation that we've laid over the last six weeks. Um, last week, we looked at, in Mark chapter 5, we looked at the story of the woman with the issue of blood. Because what our foundational subject is, we're talking about the fact that faith and grace work together. Everything we ever receive from God, everything we have ever received from God comes from him by grace, free gift, can't earn it, can't merit it. But the way that we plug into that flow of, of life and favor and blessing from God is by faith. And God has given us faith. And we are learning how to strengthen faith in places where it might be weak. And so that's kind of the general thing that we're talking about. But again, we've, we've said, and I'm just going to read from notes here uh, for the sake of time, um, Our whole relationship with God is based on this principle we're talking about, learning how to receive what God has freely provided by grace, receive it by faith, by childlike trust in the Lord. Um, We talked about the fact that we looked at Romans 10, 17 that says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We really broke that out. There was a lot in that. There's a lot in that. That's one of those little verses that, you know, there's a lot in that verse. But... uh, we, we looked at that, and the way I would want to phrase that this morning is just that faith is ignited in our hearts as God speaks to us. And he speaks to us in so many ways. So many people really get hung up on that idea of God speaking to them or whether they can hear God's voice, that kind of thing. He has so many ways of getting his message to you. And he does speak to our hearts by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. He'll bring up, there will be thoughts that will rise up in you that are clearly not the result of your logical thinking about a situation. They come, it's like, it's like if somebody were standing there and said something to you that broke into your train of thought. It's just like that because it's somebody standing there speaking that to you and it's breaking into your train of thought. That's why it feels that way. You know, so he speaks to us that way. He, he reveals his word. Sometimes we get it through uh, hearing, preaching, or teaching. Sometimes we get it in a conversation with a believer. Sometimes we get it in a time of worship, time of prayer. Sometimes the Lord points something out to you, something physical, points something out to you. And he points it out again and again. Or, or something physical, you know, shows up in your life over and over and over. And you begin to wonder, this is... This is more than coincidence, Lord, what are you, what are you trying to say? What's attached uh, to this image? Many times he uses, you know, he speaks to people, and he was talking about this lady that, you know, she has God confused with the universe. You know, well, that's because the universe speaks of God. The universe isn't God. The trees aren't God. The flowers aren't God. Uh, you know, the planet isn't God. But it is magnificent, 
And it's magnificent and it's beautiful because that speaks of God's magnificence and beauty. He created it. Okay, so there's so many ways that he can speak to us. And I, and I just encourage you to realize that's where faith comes from. That's where trust in God is ignited in our hearts. And we said last week that this idea of hearing what God's saying, it includes the idea of accepting what he says, acknowledging what he says, attending to what you hear with the intention of digesting it or conforming to it or obeying it. We have this, we're not just hearing. We're not just, we, we don't just notice something and move on. When he says faith comes by hearing, he means hearing, listening to, opening yourself to. That's all a part of that process. And it's important to realize that we can hear, but reject, which hopefully most of us, I don't think you'd be here this morning, probably if you were in that place that now, oh, yeah, I know God said that, but I'm not doing it. I've had people tell me that before. More than once, I've had people say, yeah, I know. I know that's what the word says, but I don't want to. You know, it's like, I, you know, I pray for them that they get past that because the blessing is in doing that word. But anyway, so you can reject it. You can also just neglect it. And the Bible talks about that. And in fact, Proverbs chapter one talks about that um, at the end of the chapter, there's, there's a whole long passage you know, where the Lord says, I'm going to give wisdom, but if you're going to reject it, you're going to stop hearing it, number one. And, and number two, he says, you know, backsliding, really disobeying God produces bad things, but so does just neglect, just, just getting complacent. Um, that passage is really good for the Amplified. I'm not going to go there because we'd probably spend the rest of the morning there. But, but it, talks, uh, it talks about the, the complacency that we can have toward God's wisdom. That has the same effect as if we were rejecting it. The results are the same in our life. And basically, and we were talking about this the other day, anything, or I was talking about with somebody the other day, anyway, anything on this planet, it's just the nature of where we live. If we neglect it, it disintegrates over time. Leave a piece of steel out in your yard. By the time your life is over, it will not be there anymore. It's just where it's part of the it's part of the fall, I believe. I don't think it was that way when God created the earth, but nevertheless, anything we neglect, any relationship we neglect, uh, anything we neglect, the word of God, the relationship with God, it will deteriorate. And and it's important to realize that. We're not living in neutral. We're not living, sometimes we feel like, oh, I can just drift along in my relationship with God, not really pursue it, not really give myself to it. Well, the devil isn't going to do that. You're, you're not living, we're living in a stream, okay? And we're living with a lot of influences coming against our life. You're not going to stay in the same place. It's like being in a, in a river. If you don't, if you turn your kayak upstream and you better keep paddling or you're going to go downstream. And we're, you know, we're living in a stream that isn't going toward God. So for us believers today in this culture, in this time, and honestly, I think throughout history, on the fallen earth, we've got to maintain, we've got to progress, we've got to push forward. And, and so that means giving our attention to the things the Lord is saying. And we talked about the fact that faith will rise and fall in us, depending on what we're listening to, what we're digesting. You know, uh, again, it's the same idea. You can't just take in 
everything that's around you. And some of you, you have jobs or you have family members or you have, you're in some situation where whether you want to or not, you're hearing a lot of stuff that is contrary to the word of God. Well, then you've got to take time, you know, to be with God and to listen to him and to listen to his word and really develop that relationship. Or as you know, you may not want it to happen, but I've, I've watched it happen in people's lives where they just slowly drift away from the Lord and, you know, and, and float away. We don't want to go there, all right, right? We want to be people of faith. We want to be people who are intentionally um, building our faith, okay? And, and one other thing, I, I believe with all my heart that God, by nature, prepares us for what he knows is coming by and with his word and the things that he is speaking to us. The scriptures he's highlighting to you today may, may feel, um, you know, like, like they're alive to you today and you're ingesting them, but you don't really see, uh, it's not like it's an emergency for you to apply that today. Well, it might be in six months. Or you might run across somebody in two weeks. I don't mean physically run across them. We like to avoid that. But, you know, um, come across somebody's path. Sorry. Uh, come across somebody's path in two weeks that really needs that word. And I just think it's so important for us to give that attention to the, it's the word of God. You know, it's the word of almighty God that he's bringing alive on the inside of you. There's a reason for it. And also, when you do come into a crisis time, look back over what he's been saying to you. That's why it's important to have a journal, write things down, because you'll find it somewhere in the last six months, year, 18 months, something God has been speaking to you. He will have prepared you for what you're facing today. All right. So those are just, those are just good Good things to know. And then we looked at uh, this woman in Mark chapter 5, and it said that she heard reports about Jesus. So she was hearing the reports. She was hearing the word about Jesus. She ingested those reports, and she began, it says, to repeatedly say to herself, if only I touch the hem of his garment, if I can only touch the hem of his garment, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. And the faith that was generated in her from hearing about Jesus motivated her. We looked at that word touched. Remember, it was a touch the fringe of the garment. It was a word meaning to connect with. And it was a word that was usually used of handling an object with the expectation of either exerting influence on it or having it exert influence on you. This was an intentional drawing upon what Jesus carried. So the the faith that she had from hearing about Jesus began first to move through what she was saying, I'm sure inside and outside. The scripture just tells us, some of your translations say she thought, but you look it up in the Greek, it says she was saying it to herself over and over and over and over. It was so real in her that it was coming out of her mouth. She was saying it, if, if I can just touch, if I can just connect with the hem of his garment, she went and took all this risk in public. She went and took all this risk of being stoned to death. She took a huge risk to go out and do what her faith was prompting her to do. And, and this is something, I don't know if I can, I just don't have the words for some of these things sometimes. We get these things and we think, okay, so 
whatever trust, whatever faith is rising up in my heart, now I've got to go out there like she'd, I've got to go make it happen. Kind of. But what we see is that faith itself, just focus, I'm just focus on Jesus, focus on his word. Keep that really childlike relationship with him. That will generate faith in your heart that will cause you to act. You will still have to make a choice there at some point. You will still have to make a choice to take a risk, almost certainly, to step out into what God is moving you to do. There will come a point where an act of your will is necessary, but, but at that point, you know that there is trust in God to do this. Your mind's probably still arguing with you, but you got it. Then you step out. I, I have no doubt when after she received her healing, she came to Jesus. She got, he called her out. He said, who touched me? Called her out. She came full of fear, trembling. She was still scared. So that just tells me her mind was still saying, oh man, you know, uh, yeah, I know I got healed. That's awesome. But now you're in real trouble. You know, she had the same conflict going on that we do, but in her heart, in her spirit, she was saying, I've got to touch the hem of this guy's garment. I've got to connect. And if I connect, I will be healed. And she was. But that faith moved her to do. It moved her to do. All right. I'm going to sidebar into something else, I think. This is the fork in the road. I haven't been sure which way to go. Where we're going to go in this study is Romans 4.17. I want to talk about Abraham. We're not going there right now. I want to talk about Abraham because he's another one. He's called the father of our faith. He's the example. Uh, Over in, I think it's Galatians 3, I think in the NIV, it says, consider Abraham. Look at Abraham. Look at what he did. And he experienced everything we're talking about this morning and yet was called the father of our faith. There was no, absolutely no natural reason for him to have any hope in God, any hope that what God said came to pass. And yet, we find that he pursued God, he became the father of many nations, everything God had said came to pass for him. But these verses, these other verses have really been on my heart, and I feel like this is the direction we're supposed to go right here. So um, turn over with me to Mark chapter 16. Let's look at some probably familiar to many of you verses. Mark chapter 16, verse 17. This is probably either familiar to you on the sense of being excited about them or being scared by them, one or the other. They're big verses. Mark chapter 16, beginning in verse 17. Jesus here, I'm just going to look at verses 17 and 18. This is Jesus giving what we call the Great Commission to the disciples. Just before he, uh, before his ascension, he's launching, he's releasing the church. He told them to wait for the empowering of the Holy Spirit, which didn't come for 50 days. But, but, uh, but he was telling him, he's, he's talking about who the church is going to be throughout this whole age until Jesus returns. And and he says, it says, in Mark 16, verse 17, says, and these signs will accompany, notice that word accompany, those who believe. 
In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. How many of you like to do that? Yeah, I've noticed. I'm the one that has to pick up all the snakes around here and get rid of them. Uh, no, there are no snakes in this building. Forget I said that. They will, they, will pick, they will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and the sick will get well. So Jesus said, these signs will accompany those who believe. That word signs there, it, it, it referred to a signature on a document or a seal on a document that, that was there to guarantee the document's authenticity. We still do that today, right? Legal documents, uh, they're made up, whatever it is, and we go through it and we sign those documents. We make a contract with somebody, we put our signature on the document. Jesus was saying, these signs that he's about to describe will accompany those who believe and they will act as an authenticating mark in their life in two areas. One is that it, it, uh, the signs and wonders following our lives, not us following them, but them following our lives and following uh, the, the, the preaching, the, the sharing of the gospel of Jesus. Signs and wonders happening in, in that area, it marks us as authentic, that we are children of God, that we are following him. Doesn't mean you're perfect, doesn't mean you're perfectly holy, doesn't mean you never make mistakes, doesn't mean any of that. It means you belong to him, and you belong to him because you put faith in him and received him as Lord and Savior. You sometime in your life, and if you haven't, you can do it right now, you you recognized in your own heart that Jesus died for your sins and recognize that he's the Savior, that he's the Messiah, that you couldn't make yourself right with God on your own. And you prayed some kind of prayer from your heart that said, Jesus, I give my life to you. I recognize you as my Lord and Savior. Come into my life. Fill my life. I, I'm yours. You prayed in some way recognizing Sidebar off the sidebar. We're not told in the scripture. Let's see how I want to say that. We're not told that to get saved, to come to Christ, to get born again, that that the the uh, solution to that is just repent of your sins, right? Make yourself right and you'll belong to him. What we are told is we come to Christ, we are born again when we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. The, the name being written in the Lamb's book of life means I've accepted the sacrifice of the Lamb. That's the only way we get born again. Then the Lord comes into our life and the Holy Spirit comes into our life and he does begin to change us, change our desires, change our beliefs. Our life starts to go a different direction. And as Christians, there are many times where we need to repent of our sin. We need to not just say, I'm sorry, 
I did it again. I mean, that's one part of it. But repent means to turn 180 degrees, turn away from the way we've been thinking and embrace the way God thinks. Turn away from the behavior and turn away from what's under that behavior and embrace God. We turn from other things to God. That's repentance. And as Christians, we are told to repent of our sins, to have that kind of communion with the Lord. That's not because God's holding us at arm's length because we blew it. It's because he's left a, a door open for us to just reappropriate, just, just come back into the relationship that way. But for people who don't know Jesus yet, what is needed for them is to believe in their heart and confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord. That's where all of this starts. That's where it starts, connecting with what he's done for us and connecting with the relationship. So we are we belong to him because we have, and I'll say it that way, not because we've confessed sin, because we've confessed Jesus. Okay, does this make sense to you? And, and so we belong to him. So these signs accompanying uh, accompany us as a signature, God's signature, God's authenticating mark that we belong to him. Secondly, it's God's signature, God's authenticating mark on the message, on the gospel, the good news of Jesus, that every one of it, every person on the face of the earth has the opportunity to have a personal relationship with Jesus, to know the Father, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to live in in eternity to turn their eternal life which all of us have it's only a question of where we're going to live it over to him it's every person has that's the message the message is God's not mad at you anymore God's not angry with you he has taken care of the sin problem but there's just one door he he made a door you know, I know we've said this to you a bunch of times so it's like people get upset well I don't believe there's only one way thank God there's a way There didn't have to be a way to come into this personal relationship and know God as Father. He made a way. His son died for us. His son went to that cross and died for all of humanity. And so we carry that message and we carry the message of God's goodness, God's mercy, God's grace. God God loves people. God wants people well. God God wants people healed. God wants children to to grow up with a with purpose and life god wants marriages to be strong god wants you to succeed in life i mean it goes from the biggest eternal things all the way through your life god designed an abundant life for you and he wants that for you that's the message those signs and wonders are god's mark that that's an authentic message that it is an authentic Message. That's what signs mean. So it says these signs will accompany those who believe. They will accompany. That, that word accompany, you'll be surprised at this. It means to accompany. It means to tirelessly accompany someone on a journey. All right. So they're going, we're going from one place to another for our whole life. All right. We're on a journey. We're moving forward. We are going somewhere. And these signs will just go along with us. They accompany us in life. It's not something that only uh, all those signs and wonders happen at one special event. They only happen in church. They happen here. They happen there. I've got to, oh, I heard they're happening over here, so I got to run over there, you know, to that. No, for those who believe, 
this is the way it's supposed to be, is that these signs and wonders accompany us. They go along on the journey. That word means that they'll, they'll be right at our side at all times. The word accompany means to be a faithful companion to the believer and the gospel message. If you decide to accompany someone on a journey and you say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to accompany you. You're going to Montrose, I'm going with you. Whose responsibility is it to go with them? This isn't a trick question. This is a very easy question. It's yours. Thank you. It's yours. So God is saying, these signs will accompany you. That should take some of the pressure off of us. What's our part? He says it will accompany those who believe. Okay, we'll get back to the signs in just a second. I'm almost done. He says that these signs will accompany those who believe. That's where we come into this. The, the way this is written in the Greek, it means to those who have their faith engaged, which is what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, have their faith directed toward God. For those who are joyfully anticipating the results that God would bring. There's just this joyful anticipation. Why? Because I trust dad. Dad's doing something cool here and, and I get to go with him. And it's not up to me to make it happen. I get to go with him. I, I need to be with him. You know, I, I need to be engaged. I need to know when he does direct me and, and says, go over here and talk to this person or take that person some groceries or, you know, we've been hearing stories of different people, you know, going out, some of you going out just at the grocery store. God put somebody in your heart and you go and talk to them. It turns out they need prayer and they break into tears and you get to pray for them. And that's signs, that is a form of signs and wonders following you. There's an anointing there. The presence of God is on that. You're just going along with the Lord in what he's doing uh, to meet with people. This term believe means to be actively believing, often taking a personal risk. Okay, the term believe and the term faith are different. Believe is a verb. Believe is an action. Believe is faith in action. It's an engaged faith that is willing to step out on what it's trusting. It's an engaged faith. It's an engaged believing that's willing to step out. I, I believe God's saying this. I believe this is who God is. I believe this is how God's directing me. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So we've always had this little phrase for years, you know, we spend quality time with God in private and then we go out and take risks in public. Whatever it is he's asking you to do, talk to the neighbor, talk to the coworker, hold a sign over at City Market, whatever it might be, a sign saying, God bless you. Okay, guess I have to clarify that. There's a lot of, a lot of signs at City Market. But, but that's what believing is. It's this alive, activated faith, and it shows up in actions. So, so he says, these signs, when we're believing, and I guess what I'm trying to, I don't know if it's coming through, I'm trying to call us to relax. Relax. Be serious about our walk with God, but expect God's, these are, this is God's signature. It's not my signature on my words. It's, it's God's signature on what he's assigning me to do. So, so he says these signs will accompany you to exercise authority over the devil. 
The devil's not supposed to have authority over us. And he doesn't unless you give it to him. Unless you believe his lies and you act on his lies, he doesn't have that authority over you. He doesn't. You belong to God. You belong to Jesus. God and the devil are not on the same level. Okay, so, so it just follows along. It accompanies us along that when we run into a situation where the devil is messing with somebody's life, we can take authority over that. We can see them get free. It, it should just roll along with us to experience the manifestation of the Holy Spirit through us. Whether it's, whether it's speaking or giving a message in other tongues, praying in other tongues, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, supernatural faith, working of miracles, whatever it might be, whatever the manifestation that God deems right at the moment, that's that should just go along with us, okay? And so, and I, and I just keep coming back to this. If we're not experiencing that, don't, condemnation doesn't help anybody and it's never from God. So if you're hearing this this morning, you're saying, oh, my life isn't like that. Well, mine isn't like that either as much as I want. I see some of it, but I know it's the tip, tip, tip of the iceberg of what God has for us. So, Let's just get engaged. Let's just be excited. Let's, you know, don't, don't feel bad because you're not seeing as much as you'd like to see. I don't think any of us are. The people that I know that are seeing the most manifestations of the Holy Spirit are just hungrier for more. So I think that's just the way that goes. The next one is, you know, about handling snakes and deadly poison. It's, it's divine protection along the road. It doesn't mean, you know, because there's such a thing as tempting God, you're not supposed to just go out and pick up every rattlesnake you see. That's not what that means. But these people were along the road and there were snakes and there were scorpions and there was, you know, there was a desert and there were all these things. And it's talking about God's protection will accompany you along the road for those who believe. And I just feel impressed to do this. God's protection will accompany you you, Zach, in the thing. I know you hate this. I don't care. I just feel impressed to do this. I'm just declaring it over you. God's protection will accompany you as you go about his business in the earth. Final one. Heal the sick. Bring freedom to people. It means to be able to render supernatural aid, whether that's healing the sick whether it's through any of the other gifts of the Spirit, whether it's through praying for somebody and seeing those results. We're rendering aid that is not in the natural. We are rendering more than the world is able to give. Does that make sense to you? This is just, this is a picture that Jesus gave us of walking along with an engaged faith. And I just, I don't have words in English to say enough if this just feels overly challenging, relax and seek the Lord. It's just his promise to us. All right, all of us are growing in it. All of us, if we're pursuing it, we're growing. In, but but we got to be believing for it, expecting with joy, just anticipation. Dad, what are you going to do this week? I mean, that's where I see this. Did you get anything out of this? Yeah. Uh, stand up. Let's pray. Please stand to your feet. I invite you to stand to your feet. Stand up. Oh, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, this morning, I just trust 
your anointing on the words, Lord, uh, to penetrate into our hearts and bring your nature, your, your, uh, your perspective on all of this this morning, Lord. And that, Father, in, in both sides of the coin, Lord, that in our own lives we'd be growing in faith, growing in hearing you, growing in faith, engaging with your grace, receiving into our own lives so that it can pour out to others. But also, Lord, that we would recognize we're children of God. Your signature, it's on our lives. I just can't even, there's, it can't be deserved. God, your signature is on our lives as your children And your signature is on the words of the gospel and the words you give us to speak. So, Lord, in every engagement this week, as we go out in every interaction at work, at home, at school, Lord, in recreation, Father, we choose to look for what you want to do in that situation. And we believe you will do amazing things. And we can do nothing other than thank you for the privilege of walking along with you through life. So Lord, that's it. I just believe, Father, we go out a blessed people. We go out full of your life and we go out to bless those around us. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to be dismissed. I do encourage you. You're all invited to stay, have a couple snacks, get to know some people, maybe meet somebody you haven't met yet. Oh, so scary. All right, we're going to say this on the count of three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world will be dismissed. If you want prayer after church, I'd love to pray for you. One, two, three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries in Gunnison, Colorado. We hope you will visit us at rmcmchurch.org, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our messages on YouTube.